0: going to take it. You got it! Boston
1: wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the
0: Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman Podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything.
1: You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent I didn't think.
0: All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Hope everybody is uh, safe and well, as well as we can all be. And Bob, I've outdressed you today. How about that?
1: Yeah, well, um, that's, uh, I'm just... Get the shirt not, under. It's, it's, uh, it's a very nice pullover from my... This is
0: like the first day that I've done the pod. You have. Not you in have... a t-shirt or in a hoodie <laughs> in a true. while.
1: All right. I got my High Point University pullover on. So. I like it. I like it. How yeah. you doing? Everything good? Your way? what? <laughs> It's good as as good as we can anybody can be expected. I Had a very exciting day today. I got an oil change. You did really? Yeah. Well, How sure. did You pull that off? Well, but you could just go and you know I didn't. I mean, you know, you keep going to. He's open. My guy's open, and you, know, you just keep your social distance. And I got an oil change. So Why did not? you?
0: Did you take your keys, Bob? Did you throw your keys and hurl your keys out?
1: I, I left them in this console, and okay. they come out and get
0: the car. All right. So you um, legitimately. And where did you stay while you were getting the oil change? And he took the car inside. In the uh, office.
1: No, and then and, an and, and office, and, you know, there was nobody else in there. Yeah. And uh, that was all. And then, uh, you know, they told me when the car's ready, I paid up, and went home. I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm, we're not, I'm not under. You're not our, going
0: crazy on this.
1: Lockdown. I mean, uh, I, I'm not doing anything stupid, but I, I do. Are you going into
0: grocery stores, Bob? Are you going in or are you having them delivered?
1: No, no, we go in, but you know, you gotta be spaced. You know, they're, they're they're very rigid about spacing and how many people they let in at any one time. And 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 you know, I do the mask thing. Yeah, I, that's so a, In my case, yeah, we. My wife just made up. She just went. She made up four masks yesterday. So really, uh, yeah, and, and and I was using a bandana. I have a bandana. <laughs> I have oh, you got to do what you got to do. That's,
0: that's, you know. That. I agree. I'm gonna have to cut a t-shirt up or something. I've I've not done the mask route yet.
1: I'm going thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm taking it seriously. Well, anyway, Jeff Goodman, uh, yes. what 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 what's new in the world of in the world of basketball?
0: We have some news today, Bob. All right. And it involves a kid named Jalen Green, who some recruiting services, including I believe ESPN have is the number one player in the country in the senior class, and he was choosing between Memphis, Auburn and going the, uh, the professional route. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we record this podcast right now at about 1 o'clock, he is, uh, is going to announce his decision here uh, soon that he is going to go to the G League and play in the G League next year for what is, I'm being told, is somewhere in the neighborhood of half a million dollars next season. Now, there's a there's something called the uh, the, the professional path, that they put in the G league commissioner right now, the guy who runs the G league is Sharif Abdul Rahim. Oh, yeah, okay. Trying to get a hold of him this morning. Haven't been able to yet. Uh, but he's running it. They're trying to get some of these big name high school kids to come. And they know that the 125,000 they had on the table last year, didn't quite cut it. So they're going to up that to somewhere <laughs> in the neighborhood of half a million. And Jalen green is going to take this. And, uh, I'm surprised. I, I just don't understand. I just talked to an NBA general manager, Bob, and I don't understand what the reasoning is for Adam Silver doing this. Is it, number one, because you think it's a it's a better path for a kid than going to college, number two, that you just want to increase the G League and make it more marketable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or number three, a kid like R.J. Hampton last year who was a top, I don't know, 10 high school player, he went to uh, New Zealand. Right. So to keep the kids from going overseas and instead saying, hey, we want those kids to definitely stay here and play in the G League. I don't know what the scenario is and why. I can't wait to hear at some point from Adam Silver why he's made a push to do this with all this money on the table for a high school kid. But, you know, I'm torn on it, Bob. I'm torn because every kid should have the ability to make the decision that's best for them. And maybe the kid will get better coaching in the G league, if they've got a plan in place for how to develop these kids that are coming from high school. Um, but I, I, they're going to miss out on the college experience. that That's the only thing for me, Bob, is we both went to college. We had a great experience. Um, it is the best time of a lot of these kids' lives,
1: even if it's just a year and
0: feel like let, let a kid be a kid.
1: Well, I'm, it's so complicated. Obviously, in theory, I would love to see – I'd like to turn the clock back to pre-Spencer Haywood. I like to go back to 1968. Okay, four years, and okay. and you and, and that's it. You got to go for if you uh, you know. You, this is how Larry Bird got drafted because he transferred and he had a salary year, and and they drafted him at the end of his junior year because his class was graduating. Those days. All right, I guess that we're not going back to those days. We are not, we can, and we can always. Really days fight. are gone. Spencer Haywood is one of the, that name, and when they write histories of basketball, it's got to be front and center about the way the conduct the game has t- turned in the, last, in the last 50 years. Now, okay, um, the college experience. Some guys really make the most of that one year. We like, for example, I know for a fact, and you were telling me, and I've been, Jason Tatum, for example, is a, is, he's a dookie. And he, see, he, he frames himself, right? He will always frame himself in life as a dookie for that one year. Yeah. But he he really enjoyed it, um, and, and and so okay, I'll buy that. But I I think that's the exception. I think that most of the one and dunners are, are not exactly fiercely loyal or or or, or have any great sentiment. Attached. You don't think
0: Ben Simmons will consider himself an LSU Tiger forever. Wouldn't you love to know? And, and, so,
1: and I don't want to pick on Ben. Markel Foltz. Wait a minute. Are yes, we so, going to
0: remember where Markel Foltz
1: even went? I was just going to say it. I don't want to pick on Ben, but that, that'd be disingenuous. That would be, that would be a lie. I'm going to pick on Ben. I wonder how many classes he ever went to. And, and, you know, the way the thing is structured, you know, all you got to do is just keep yourself eligible until the season ends and then see you later. Not, Not even, even the
0: season ends. No, no, Bob. All you have to do is is pass your first semester classes because you're eligible from that point forward what I mean. the NCAA tournament. So you've got
1: one semester that you got to be passing grades, basically. Yeah, assuming that the school's, you know, on the up and up with that to start with, you know. So, you know, all right, fine. But that's the way the world is. Okay. Um, answer your question, though, the three possibilities that you floated with regard to Adam Silver's and uh, motivation. I no. think number three is definitely in there. I think they they just don't – you know, why don't they want to keep him in the States? That's all. I just yeah. think they'd rather prefer to do that. But not. I mean fine if the kick can handle it. I remember when uh, Brandon Jennings went, you know, he was the first one of this crop to to go to Europe. Uh, you know, yeah. almost it was ten but years ago. He had ago. no
0: choice, Bob.
1: We, he wasn't gonna
0: qualify to play college basketball at Arizona. Well, he had no choice. He could have he could have gone Juco
1: do it, right? Yeah,
0: I mean he, he could have to gone, gone D two, right? But ultimately
1: he made enough money. I understand. I'm saying, but he didn't didn't have that
0: college. He didn't have the real college experience to be able to go. Emmanuel Moutier is another one, Bob, who was set to go to SMU, but the NCAA was all over him.
1: Yeah. I remember
0: academic and they thought he was getting paid. So he went also overseas. So another bit of residue
1: left behind by the, the pathetic Larry Brown. Anyway, um, So, okay, but Brandon Dennis was personally capable of handling the European experience at his age. The big kid, Tyler, first name. Jeremy
0: Tyler. Jeremy Tyler. That was a
1: fiasco, right, for him. He couldn't handle it. Obviously, uh, apparently Lamelo Ball and and, and Hammond have both handled the the,
0: I talked to Hampton yesterday, and and I asked him, I said, how was it? He said he enjoyed the experience. He thought he got better. He played 15 games over there. He played with men. I uh, got paid some money, but said it was not about the money. It was about the development piece. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. get it. I, I do understand it because they're not going to school for part of the day, but you
1: lose out on the the camaraderie. Oh, I, I, the I agree. Life. I think your benefit, you benefit. Know, back in the old days, back in the let's let's go back to the early seventies when it was the hardship. You had to. It was the hardship that got you out, right? Okay, fine. And we talked about the at least. It, spending that time in college through osmosis, you picked up some social skills, you picked up, you know, some awareness, some, you know, some sophistication in life, you know, just by being around a college campus in the atmosphere, which of course presupposed in those days that you actually were mingling with the regular student population and weren't, you know, just in the athletic dorm, you went in the, and I'm going to pick on them here. The wildcat lodge. It's always infuriated me. The concept of the wildcat lodge, you know, which is a model, I guess, for all the athletic dorms in America, quite frankly, right? I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Kansas
0: has done, Kansas okay. has done that so, too.
1: you know, instead of, I know I went to school and I don't know how it was when you went to U of A, but when I went to BC, you know, they were all the, the athletes were interspersed. There was no athletic dorms. I lived in the same store with Steve Adelman, who was the jump shooter from Natick. I, I, I was friendly with Brendan McCarthy the, it was, a, you know, I mean, that you could, be your, could be your roommate, could be yeah. your next door neighbor, and, now, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, you're right. That's the way in theory. Well, I mean, we're now talking utopian world, you know, and all that. All right, so we let I'm, am I'm, 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 veering uh-huh. off the path here. I'm going a little, a little uh, ranting, raving. Go, go back. Go back to J- Jalen Green. Back to now. Jalen
0: Green. League, and whether or not you think this path can be successful and is going to make it so that more kids follow the path of whether it's now Jalen Green because maybe you don't have to go overseas like RJ Hampton and you can get that coaching here is this the test case and if Jalen Green is a top five pick in yeah. not this draft but the one after it yeah does that mean that more kids will follow suit
1: I think the answer is yes I, I think do. the answer is yes I think that's going to be the path and so you know this is that we've hit another juncture and we've taken another turn on on, on in terms of how college basketball is, and is going to be, be run and presented and who's going to play it and how it's going to be uh you know post uh, and not to mention everything's going to be totally different or not totally very different post-coronavirus whenever that will be whenever that will be in 2021 at the earliest i think and but anyway but and basketball specifically here with well, football's whole other matter and basketball specifically, I have said for years, Jeff, about in this one and done era that they should let them come, that they should let them come. And, and the understanding would be, you might have to go, you know, you get drafted. All right. And you, you, you come out of high school, we draft you in the, at the end of the first round or whatever, if that's where you are or, or number 30 or number 38 or 43 sure. and you were, you I understand, you're going to go to the G League almost undoubtedly. You're not going to make the team right away. It's going to be treated the way baseball and hockey have always had minor leagues. Okay? There aren't any
0: LeBron Jameses. Who I've
1: said that move right and away. That's, the way, that's what they should have done anyway, and they have to understand. If you don't want to do that, I said, well, you do have two options. You have an option: go to Europe. You know, if you have the guts to do it, and that, but otherwise, go to school. Sorry, but you haven't had have that option. Uh, I think they should have had that option. I think the NBA, uh, uh, I think that the, the one-and-done, the, the 20-year-old rule has hurt both products, really hurt college basketball. But that's not going to change. You're right. The, the toothpaste is totally out of the tube with regard to high school kids having options and going to exercise an option that is not college. I think it's totally out of the tube now.
0: With currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, golf, esports, XFL, and many more. So if you're into entertainment, you can still bet an American Idol, the Elections, a Spelling Bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet online your full access wagering solution. I think so much depends on what they're going to have in place for a kid like Jalen Green. If, if Adam Silver is smart, he's going to have within this program the right coaching, the right development. It's not going to be like every other kid that's in the G League, and there are some kids that are only a year older. Um, you know, there are plenty of kids that that are in the G League that were freshmen in college that decided to to leave and aren't good enough to stick in the NBA. So it's not like he's playing against. You know, all these guys that are 30 years old. Right, Most right. of them are a couple years older than him. He's a very talented kid. But to me, you better have the right coaching in place, yes. the right development, the right coaching socially, those types of things. I- I'm in agreement with you. Kids should be allowed to come out of high school. But, again, the ones that aren't LeBron James should – they should have a plan in place that if that kid – you draft them and, and – and you're going to send him down to the G League, he's not good enough to make your 15, 13-man roster, whatever it's going to be, that you can put him in some sort of G League system in which he is coached and developed differently than the kid who went four years to college.
1: Am I correct that now all – but is there still a holdout that does – team that does not have an affiliation with a G League team? I don't remember. Somebody. I don't know who. I was told Adam Adam Silver wants – Most of them have to – here in Boston, the Celtics have the Portland Red Claws. And, and Danny Ainge's son was involved heavily, Austin, right? And uh, whatever, whether it was coaching. Them years ago. Yeah, okay. The point is, they're very hands-on, very specific, very analogous to baseball in the old days. Uh, not even the old days. Still to this day, teams have organizational philosophies. The Orioles had a book. The Dodgers had a manual. How, how we play Dodger baseball Orioles, I believe had the same thing in the old days when the Orioles were a cornerstone franchise before Peter Angelos wrecked them. That's a story for another sport and another day. But anyway, that the that, that baseball has been hands on with placing their managers who, who uh, implement the philosophy of how you want to have things done. Basketball, this is not going to be hard to do if you want to do it. Right. Right. You're I mean, right. You should, the right. people are out there. Um. So absolutely. You should be able to do it the way you, to, to a team uh, has the, the structure available to the young man.
0: I just wonder how how many kids, again, you know, RJ Hampton uh, is probably going to get taken somewhere in the back end of the lottery, somewhere between 10 and 20. LaMelo Ball is going to go in the top five. Now you got Jalen Green in there. You just wonder. And the other thing to watch for now is obviously the name image likeness and what the NCAA is going to allow kids to be able to make. If it's nominal, if it's nominal, then a kid like Jalen Green is going to say, "Well, five hundred thousand, as opposed to I can make twenty twenty thousand going yeah. to college. All right, I'm going to take the half a million and, and be able to work out." And,
1: and a lot of these kids don't want to go to school, well, they they don't. Which has been the case for you know been the case for a century. But the fact is, they had no choice right up until Spencer Haywood. Yeah. And and they had no choice. And until and 1968, and when and, and after his year in Detroit, well, and he and he came out and went to the ABA, you know, without his class having graduated, and that broke the mold, and and that set most in motion all these forces today. Spencer Haywood, you know. So, right, that was the case. Though we do, we used to kid about it. Will, he, will you go see Jalen Green when it comes to Portland, Maine next year? You might. I might. I might. I mean, you know, I I I said I was going to go see Taco this year, and I never got around to it. But I I, I, I know I was. My, I should have. And and I, I yeah. It's two hours from downtown Boston. No big deal. No. That's an big hour deal. for me. We were going to see. I yeah, live on, the on the South So I'm on the South Shore. So I, you got to add another. It's be two and a half for me because yeah. you got to go a half hour to get to town. Anyway, yes, uh, I I would I think of the
0: average fan. The average fan. How many, more, how many more fans are going to come to see Jalen Green next year in any, in any place that he would play in, in the G League? Another 100 fans or so? Again, this, I think if you're doing this the right way uh, and you have the right intention if you're Adam Silver to say, hey, you know what? We're going to give these kids an option here so they don't have to go overseas. They can make good money. You just wonder how it's going to be taken. He's got to plan a team with somebody. And those kids that are on his G League team know when he's making half a million,
1: and they're making – some of them are making 30000 This has been the story – baseball's dealt with this for decades because, you know, there are people on minor league teams that are high draft picks, say, and, and they're in the high oh, nice A school. league, and, and they got upwards of a million-dollar bonus, upwards okay. of – you know, that was the first threshold that Scott Boris broke with Brian Taylor. He got a million. No one thought it was remotely possible. All right, anyway. And then they got the guy that was drafted and I'm not making this number up in the 40th round who's, who's on the roster. Maybe he's the backup catcher and, and he's getting up $400 a month. And the other guy's driving the, you know, the Porsche, you know, his team in the minors. So my baseball used to this yeah. social, uh, you know, interaction, but this would be a new phenomenon for basketball. Yes. Yeah. I, again, I, I, I don't,
0: I don't mind it. I'm not against it by any means. Am I worried about the effect it's going to have on college basketball? Yeah, because, again, th- th- we saw this past year, there's already been a talent drain with college basketball lately, and now you're adding in maybe a couple elite players every year that aren't going to play college. Yeah, yeah. it's thanks for college, but, again, college basketball will still be fine. Duke will still- they have their brands,
1: right? By the way, I just thrown this out there, just, uh, since I know you like this guy, Nick Richards, and, yeah. Yeah. and he, he just declared – for the draft which yep. means they've Kentucky four cows five starters this year the are, nominals are are declared for the draft
0: how about and, this I'll give I, you one better Bob I'll give you one better the only player Kentucky is gonna bring back next year that played a minute um is a kid named Keon Brooks who I know you probably never heard of he mm-hmm. averaged about three point three and a half points a game uh freshman good player but that's all they have coming back. So this is another – we, we can segue to this this a little bit, and then I know you want to talk a little bit about the transfer portal. Um, but a, a team like Kentucky next year that is freshman-dominated, which they will be. They bring in a really talented freshman class with a kid named Terrence Clark who's at Brewster Academy, a Boston kid. He's one of the guys in there, B.J. Boston. They've got a very, very good class, which is no surprise. But here's the the, the reason why I think, a team like Kentucky next year is going to be in trouble and not going to be able to win six straight or get to the Final Four because those freshmen that are normally on campus taking summer school classes and adjusting uh, and hitting the weight room and meshing with their teammates, they're usually on campus in June and July every Mm -hmm. year for summer school. There's no summer school this year, nothing. They'll be lucky to be on campus
1: September 1st. It's you're right, it's going to be well. The only thing about it is that everybody's in that same boat, you know. At that but level. if you've got a team like well, not Baylor, everybody's lost four or five starters here, and yeah, right. well, Baylor, Villanova, um, Gonzaga
0: potentially they could all have like 90% of their team back. That's going to be a major advantage, uh, next season more than ever.
1: Uh, interesting. Well, but but Cal's proved himself to be the master of, of that. If anybody is fine, just another another you know log on the fire for him to try to do put the team together in that manner but very interesting stuff other oh, the ramifications there's short-term ramifications that are obvious and there are long-term ramifications for all of college boards which which are only speculative right now but we know that when this all ends or it's declared to be over or, or we're going to try to resume life I wouldn't even use the word normal because there will be a new normal in every aspect of our life, transcending sports. <laughs> somebody said be, to me It's going to be a new normal. Yeah, somebody day,
0: said to me the other day, do we think that media members will be allowed in locker rooms again for years? Could this well, be three, four years where they say, you know what, we're gonna do I mean certainly for the short term, we're gonna we're gonna have no locker room access, which again, listen, for, for most people watching this they are gonna say, well, who gives a shit? We don't yeah. we don't care, you know. No, for, yeah. You shouldn't. For you and I, though, that's where we got some of our best information throughout our career was by being able to get one-on-one access with guys and get information that other people couldn't.
1: Right, exactly. And you you, you were, I, I told kids, now, you know, you're, you're a salesman and the commodity you're selling as a writer on a beat is you. And you're selling yourself to the players, you're selling yourself to the coaching staff, you're selling yourself to the administration. And and. That doesn't come from sitting in a press conference, no. in a, in a room with fifty other writers. That doesn't come from that. No, you gotta have. And it doesn't come from them just them. observing uh, what you write or what you broadcast. It comes from personal contact, personal interaction. That's, and I think you're probably right. It's going to be deemed as totally non-essential and totally un, uh, 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 and, and, and you know, nobody's going to care. You're right, Bob. It's you know
0: what we should do? Maybe next week we'll do this because um, things are starting to slow down a little bit and. Uh, we've had, obviously had some great guests lately, but I, maybe we'll do this for next week. Can we, can we do some sort of like journalism class almost, like NBA journalism, <laughs> and, and we try to bring on, you know, uh, a few other people and tell stories and talk about some of the issues yeah, uh, that, that exactly. have faced it. I, I think it'd be, a good, idea. it'd be a cool segment if we could do that. That's, maybe well, we'll, I,
1: well, if not next week, let's work on that. I, yeah. I'd love to do that and and uh, you know the thing i was back I, w- I did an interview yesterday with adam Himmelsbach of the globe uh, who's a beat writer now for about the last 3 or 4 That's years a great job. Yeah. and um, you know he was asking me a lot of you know wh- about the old days you know a lot of stuff right. about my experiences my and and how you know and it's how, how vastly different the day to day life of a of a beat person is to Right, including how the game is, is covered, how what is written about the game, the the, the death of the classic game story with <laughs> beginning, a middle, and an end. It's it's dead. It's you know dying. it's, it's, almost, cares. Totally right. nope. it's cares. not done. Um, you know, and that's what I thrived on. That's what I, I, I was most proud of: the ability yep. to turn out a, a, something l- literate and insightful yep. in forty-five minutes after a game. You know. Anyway, t- great idea. Great idea. I think that we'll, we'll,
0: we'll do that. We'll do that. So everybody asks me, everybody who calls me these days asks me, and they're, they're like, you know, how you doing? And uh, are, are you going stir crazy? You know, I, how bored are you? How bored are you? That's the question I get. And I, I tell them, I, I'm not bored at all. Like, I have been going out of my mind here. The only difference for me is instead of being at games over the last month and traveling on flights to get to games. I've been doing all this at home, but it's the same old for me. Transfers, transfers.
1: <laughs> well, transfers, which, all right, so let's talk about this. Let's pretend, let's just start from A. Someone watching, listening uh, is only vaguely aware of a, of a phenomenon that is relatively new. What, two years? One year? I don't even want Transfer portal. And, and, and so you know, here, tell, tell us about it and, and what, the way it used to be. And now with the portal, how it works. So
0: the way it used to be was a kid would basically tell um, their coach that they were leaving, and they'd have to go to compliance and, and, and get signed up. But they'd have to tell their coach before they were leaving because there was no other way of doing it. And then they'd get it out there you know, recently through social media or through a media person, or, or, or they put out a statement through the school, this kid is transferring. Now they set up this transfer portal about a year ago, the NCAA did, Uh, To be more organized, that's a part of it. Uh, But also to make sure that um, these coaches couldn't prohibit these kids from transferring. Now the kid can literally just fill out the information. And the next thing you know, it could be that night. It could be the next day. They're entered in the transfer portal. And every coach has access to this portal. And so do media people illegally. But uh, we we have it. There's plenty of us. Don't tell anybody. That's right. So uh, it, it's it's this portal that just spits out names, contact info, what school they went to, pretty basic. Um, but this is what coaches are doing all day right now, Bob. They're sitting in front of the computer, refreshing the transfer portal all day. Media people, same thing. And what the the, the misnomer? Okay, here's the the big misnomer. I've been doing the transfer list. I started it. I started this transfer list. I oh, shit. It had to be about. 13, 14 years ago now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the first – so I did it, and and one of the reasons why I kept doing it was Bill Cohn told me once he found a kid from UT San Antonio. He had never seen yeah, before okay, – Bill Cohn, the Northeastern University. Yeah, Northeastern coach. Okay. Never seen the kid, saw him on my transfer list, brought him in, and I met the kid. It, it, when I went to a game, I met him, and he was appreciative that – I did this transfer list, so I said to myself, listen, if I can help kids get it out there, I'm going to keep doing this thing. It's a massive, massive undertaking to try to compile everybody. There's almost 700 players in it right now. I reach out to every the kid or a coach for every kid, try to keep up with where he ends up landing. I'm going to try to do a big transfer kind of, um, uh, kind of a, 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 a whole deal on kind of uh, – where everybody lands, what their stats were, Um, so a whole tracking process. Uh, So I've been doing it forever, and the misnomer is that this thing uh, is an epidemic. When I started it, whatever I said, 13 years ago, something like that, there are only 250 names on. Now, like I said, it's going to probably be 1,000 this year. So it has grown significantly. Now, when I started it, Bob, I didn't reach out to every school. So there were a lot of kids. It probably was 250. I had it as 250, probably closer to 350. The other part of it is a couple of years ago, they decided to allow this grad transfer rule. Mm-hmm. Where if a kid graduates, still has eligibility, he can go to another school for his final year, but as long as they offer a program that is not currently um, offered at their, their, their school. So it's kind of a sham. I mean, it's a, it's a joke. I mean, most of these kids, are all going for, for athletics, not academics. So that's added on. There were 200-plus of those grad transfers last year. They'll probably be 250 at least this year. There's already about 155. So, again, it's grown each year. The grad transfers had a big, big, big part of that.
1: So are you saying that there's no more – no coach can exert any kind of – Veto about transferring interconference any longer? Is that is, or its uh, Rules? Conference. Conference. Huh? Some conferences, it's still. Um, I don't
0: know how many anymore. There, there's In actually an intertra within the conference within the conference. You go from well, kid to just 15. went from Virginia Tech to Wake today. Oh. Uh, so ACC, I assume it's allowed uh, now. SEC, I think it's it's allowed now. Um, it, it's kind of you know. It, Listen, I remember years ago, John Beeline blocked a kid from going in in conference or playing anybody on their schedule, their non-conference, for two years. I called them out for it. Oh, yeah, that was awful. And I just was- said, like, like you don't need – listen, I get it. You don't want them to play in conference. Fine, you could try to fight that. Everybody was doing that at one point. But anybody on your schedule for
1: two years, come on. That, that's crazy, uh, this grad transfer world is, is anybody monitoring it in terms of, of, of in terms of the and whether actually everybody that goes from school A to school B is going to school B happens to be a, a major that is not available at school a really is anybody monitoring this
0: more than that, Bob it's how many of these kids actually get their grad degree
1: yeah oh yeah oh no yeah oh. it's minimal it's well, minimal undergraduate sure. no, programs are there I don't know,
0: I don't know. What's number two yeah the majority so, of.
1: Two. Uh, it's This is why, as a fan, the experience of between the, the, the early defections and then, lose, and then the, the, tra- the transfers, uh, you know, that nature. Hard um, to keep track. Hard to keep track. It has to diminish fan interest.
0: I'm going to give you another one with this whole transfer thing. So, May 20th, there is a vote. And the vote is, and it's going to happen, whether it's this year or next year, to allow every kid to have a one-time transfer waiver exception which means every kid in Division One will be allowed to transfer and not have to sit out oh, yeah. in their career. Yeah. So That's it's going to be worse. The numbers are going to go up because the only oh, thing holding back a lot, a lot of these kids is they think they're NBA players, they think they're pros, they don't want to sit out a year. That's why a lot of them don't transfer, right? They, they just want to finish, get done, and move on. Oh. Now if you allow them to, to transfer right away and be eligible, you're going to have another uptick in uh, May 21st, right when this thing passes. Of another hundred kids that are going to uh, ultimately say, "You know what? All right, I'm gone now."
1: How would you assess the product itself now, and the, the college basketball as opposed to win?
0: Oh, it was much better. I mean, I'll give you even when I went to Arizona, right? When I went to Arizona in the in the early night, I mean, it was. I don't know. College basketball was just so much better than to me. Uh, I, I think the quality of coaching was was better for the most part. You didn't have social media, which I do oh. think affects these kids. Oh, of course, affects all of us because we're spending time on it. That's why I love the kid like Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't really give a shit about any of the all- ulterior. <laughs> Aaron Kraft was a kid at Ohio State like that. Didn't have any social media, and to me, again as a as a writer, yeah, I'm not a fan of Kawhi Leonard's because he doesn't love us. He doesn't love dealing with us. He's not charismatic. But as a as a basketball purist, oh my, I want to coach Kawhi Leonard. Awesome. I want him on my team. I want the guys like him that are just worried about winning. And we talked to Doc about him a couple of weeks ago. He, he's just – he's such an anomaly now of I'm somebody who gets
1: it speaking of social media aren't you happy that coach sabin has now gotten email he's now what got email for the first time this week he never had email before never had email he's now Arthur, has email. you can't turn on a computer forget about instagram or forget about zoom or forget about anything forget about anything you can think of he just got email so well, anyway
0: we're we're excited listen you are an expert on zoom now
1: well i'm 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 on a right? roll
0: you I'm know skype and um, Zoom.
1: Out um, of all this, 2020. I never would have, I mean, three weeks ago, I wouldn't, wouldn't have believed this. I'd right. say a month ago, I wouldn't have believed this. No. I mean, we need, we, we need to show
0: people video of you trying to get on Skype early on. And that, was, that was
1: not a pretty thing. No. <laughs> no, it was not. I've never claimed, I'm a technophobe, but I've, I've never claimed to have any expertise. So this transfer thing
0: is certainly a problem in college basketball. But the, here's the, the, the ultimate thing. Years ago, they had these hardship waivers, okay? So it started with a kid named Tyler Smith who played at Tennessee, and his dad was dying. And the they allowed him to play right away when he transferred from, oh, somewhere in the Midwest. Transferred to Tennessee, played for Bruce Pearl right away. Um, so they, they opened Pandora's box there. Yep. And then yep. kids were making up stuff all the time. My, you know, father's, cousin's, brother is sick back home. I got to come back and help take care of him. Okay, we'll sign you off on a waiver. You can play right away. Then they said, we're done with that. We're done with the transfer waiver. I mean, with with these hardship waivers, we're not giving them out. They did that for a while. And all of a sudden, like three, four years ago, they started allowing them again. So guys got pissed off, like Tom Izzo and Chris Beard last year, when their player was not cleared to play after transferring in. Uh, Izzo had one of the Hauser brothers come in from Marquette mm-hmm. and there was no reason that it, that it, he shouldn't have been eligible. But what Izzo was saying is, well, why, why is my guy not eligible? But another guy in my league that I'm playing against, it's bullshit that he's eligible. He didn't have some real hardship. So they made us think about it. So now the NCAA is basically, that's why they're doing this transfer waiver exception where everybody's going to be eligible once you're going to get one, one shot at it because they don't want to be in this, this, Business of trying to determine who should get the hardship waiver, who shouldn't, who had a good doctor that signed it, who paid five hundred bucks for that doctor to come up with that note to give
1: (laughs) to the NCAA. It's like a variation of the old, like you know, sick grandmother thing. We we know we used to kid Manny Ramirez. He had more sick grandmothers as they're dying. It's amazing. Some people had multi, you know, fifteen sick grandmothers. Yeah. you know, no matter what it is, in any circumstances nature, someone's going to push the envelope, always. Someone always, always, always. There will never be a time when people aren't going to try and take advantage of a circumstance or a situation. You know that. And by the way, while we're talking about um, this kind of thing, the flip side of all this, and I just want to, you know, it's, it's an appropriate day. Today's the 73rd birthday of the greatest college player in college basketball history. Who is I know who that him. is. It's Lou Alcindor. And, and, you know, he comes. he's the ultimate product of the former of the, of the old system. High school only. AAU was only known for track and field. <laughs> That's it, right? And, 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 and the high, winning us, we lost one high school game, famous way to DeMatha in, in three years. Crazy. Um, goes to UCLA, wins three national championships in three years and would have been four, except, oh, it was a thing called freshman. Good he blessed. had to play freshman basketball. And, and if he had been able to play, there would be no Texas Western saga, which I'm glad happened. So it's a good thing. Crazy. That was a good thing. The Texas Western happened in 1966, but then he's anyway educated guy beyond all measure. You know the perfect example of, of a scholar and an athlete and a, a, Anyway, I want to wish him a, a Ryan Goodman happy birthday to the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And one final thing: if you would you agree to the, with the following statement? You can talk about Steph Curry's amazing step, uh, you know, ability to clear himself from 35. We can talk about. Uh, Alan Iverson's crossover. We can talk about Bernard King on the box with the fastest release I've ever seen in my life. The signature shot in the history of this sport was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's hook, called a sky hook, by announcer body. Eddie Dussere. You you couldn't stop it. Like there's nothing you could do <laughs> to
0: stop that shot. Nobody could. Where like Steph, I mean, I guess again, if he's shooting from forty feet, what are you going to do? But but yes, Kareem. In his prime, and I caught part of him at his prime what um, was absolutely ridiculous
1: by the way, the first time I saw him I, th- I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but um, he was a senior and they came to Trenton to play Trenton Cathedral High School and I got tickets and went to, it was a big tough ticket trust me you know this is December of nineteen sixty four no three 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 his senior year and so What does the coach do for Cathedral High School, coaching Wally Collender? He wants to win the game. (laughs) Now, what's the only way you can win the game if you're playing against Power Memorial? And Uh, you hold the ball. Yeah, yeah. You are. I will take this to my grave, and you can verify it. I have no fears. Here are the final score, period-by-period increments of that game. Five to one. 13 to seven at half. 35, it opened up in the third quarter. 35-13. And I the final, I do forget, but those were the first three. He held the ball. So here's what we got to see. Here's what he did. Are you looking at this? Here's what he, he's standing in the back of a 2-3 zone. This is what we saw, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, or was, excuse me, Lou Alcindor, Ferdinand Amazing. Lewis Alcindor Jr. Thanks, Wally. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway. I'm going to give you a name. But to I digress. Watch. I'm going to give you a
0: young guy to watch because you, you brought up his name before we started the podcast. You, you mentioned his name, Amani yes. Bates. Yes. So Imani Bates, I got a chance to see him a couple times last summer. And uh, the the most intriguing thing about it was, so the biggest AE tournament is called the Peach Jam down in Augusta, Georgia, every year in July. And uh, there's four courts, four main courts. They've actually expanded it lately. And uh, fans are packed up top, packed up top. All the coaches and media are downstairs on the court. Fans are up top. Imani Bates is playing on one court. And next to him, Bronny James, oh. the player. Amani <laughs> Bates is the best player I, – I guess I'll say the best player I've seen since Kevin Durant at that age. He was a sophomore this past year in high school. So, And he looks a little bit like Kevin Durant. He's long, he's skinny, he's skilled, he's tough. Um, and he comes from uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, right near Michigan State. He was actually at the – uh Senior day that I was at a month or so ago, Cassius Winston, senior day at Michigan State, and has said, if the rule changes, I'm going to the NBA. If not, my guess is he goes to play for Tom Izzo at Michigan State for a year. Um, but th- this kid is is so, uh, so talented. And on his court, there were like maybe 100 fans watching. And on Bronny James's court, couldn't move. <laughs> I could do it. You're, you have a chance to watch stardom, like an elite player that you're going to tell your grandkids you saw at 15 years old the Monty Bates forever, and instead you want to watch the son of LeBron James, who's a good player, don't get me wrong. He might have played – I don't know. He might have he might scored seven or eight points in that game. Like he was okay. He was okay.
1: Well, star power, you know, what are you going to do? That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'll keep that. I'm, I'm curious. Well, I, as I asked you before we got started – am I correct that the Gatorade player of the year is a sophomore? That's got to be uh, Never impressive. been done. No.
0: Never yeah. been done, and, and wow. this kid is the best player in the country uh, as a sophomore in high school. And, and it's not just potential. It's potential and production. The kid produces. He plays hard. He yeah. defends. Uh, once he gets stronger, uh, it'll be interesting to see. If he's got the same work ethic and drive as Kevin Durant, uh, he will be a star in the NBA. I mean, again, you just – you, you, you got to, you know, it's hard because when you compare a kid, which we all want comparisons, right? And you, sure, well, oh, yeah, you always need to bring he's like Kevin right. Durant. Well, right. but he's Kevin Durant at the same age. So, like that's he's what right. I try to tell people. Like, yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant did this, this, and this, and kept moving up. Sure, and uh, we don't know, you know, Renardo Sidney was a kid that back when he was a sophomore, freshman in high school, I thought he was going to like Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. but. His family moved him from Mississippi. He was the number one player in the country. Moved him to L.A., and the wheels completely fell off, and uh, he never played a game. He you know, it ballooned up, and it, you know, the family took money and all yeah. these things, and it just it never worked out for him. So you never know. But this kid seems like he's a good head and his shoulders. Uh, father I've heard good things about. So, uh, no. so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, all right, well, listen. Um Stay safe, stay busy, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll try to figure out somebody for next week or, you know, at some point we should get together that group. You and I will talk about kind of a group. And we get – listen, i Zoom. zoomed the beautiful thing. I did a podcast uh, earlier in the week with Bob Huggins, Andy Kennedy, Frank Martin, and it was really good, four of us. So I think if we got four or five, you know, get three more people that are kind of a little bit different – Um, you know different maybe age groups of when they covered maybe different sports or maybe we just keep it to the NBA and you get three people that cover the NBA at different you know different points I I think it'd be really fun to kind of talk journalism talk about the NBA how it's changed Uh, that could be an hour conversation easy
1: that's good all right sounds good to me all right right. be safe
0: and uh, we'll talk to you soon
1: take care